Hoagie's Garage, take three tonight, Tom. Take three. This, is this our first time? First, blah, blah, blah. We're, long night we're talking. Is this our first time with three, or we did it once before, didn't no, we? No, we've done them with uh, Houston's winners. Oh, well, we've had yeah, three. yeah. 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 So, but a, three, this is the longest we've gone, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've, been in the, we've been in the garage for a long time, and I'm still cold, for the record. Um, well, it's... We're, we had it up to a 60. We're back down to 55. We had yeah, to turn the furnace back off. But you bet. We're going to be all right. Um, before we get going again, I want to mention RM Woodworking Shop. Look them up on Facebook. RM Woodworking Shop on Facebook. Um, it's a fellow teacher of mine. He's uh, gone through a lot of work. Um, I'm going to post some more things that he does online, but... Uh, he basically makes American flag out of wood, and then uh, I talked him into throwing a sprint car on there. So and I gotta ask. I looked at it on the page. I saw it. Yep. It's cool. It's really cool. Do we got one coming for the garage? Um, you know we do. <laughs> well, <laughs> but you didn't but, tell me, so I had to ask. But that one's called Hoagie's Garage. He made a separate one. Oh, just for we us. get a special one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're, I mean, if you would rather have a Hoagie's Garage one on there. I didn't think people would. I thought they would just like a sprint car. So, um, yeah, but we got Donnie on next. We're we, getting we're getting a little bit bigger here as we we're going are. Along, so I mean, when you get the might, best there is, people might want a Hoagie's Garage sign. <laughs> Maybe they would. <laughs> I still we're doubt still it. Thinking. But hey, but yeah, hey, when we come back, we have. Donnie shots, and we are pumped and a little nervous. Yep. So, hey. here we go. All right. Fulkins Brothers Trucking, complete livestock hauling. A load with us is a load off your mind since 1979. Call Trim at 800-831-8553. That's Fulkins Brothers Trucking. Um, call Trim at 800-831-8553. 8553 and thank you fellas for being part of our show all right we're back at the garage with donnie shots um donnie just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family well i'm a, a north dakota boy born and raised in minot north dakota um born in 1977 my father was a uh worked on the railroad and and uh, that's when he met my mother uh, got himself into, you know, racing was always one of his things. And so, um, you know, that's how obviously I'm here today. And, and that's where my uh, love for racing comes from is my father's, you know, something that he did when he was uh, getting started out in life. It's actually how he got started in business. So um, racing has been something that's, it's been uh, near and dear to, you know, not only myself, but my mother, my father and, um, even my sisters, uh, most days, but they, you know, they didn't catch on to the, to the racing like I did because it was, a. In, in those days there wasn't, wasn't really a female sport like it is today. Today it's, it really doesn't know any boundaries. No. So, um, I, I don't know, uh, we could go into in great detail, but that's a, a pretty good indication as to how, you know, where my background in racing comes from and, and how I got started. So I was, I was watching something um earlier this week and it it was kind of your sisters talking on a a youtube thing but they said um you you just loved working on the car at even such a young age whether it was the go-kart or you know whatever and then 
they said the first time you took the trailer home, um, when they bought a trailer, um, they said it was all black, and they said you, like, lived in that thing. Is that true? Yeah, you know, everybody gets um, shell shock when things happen. And, yeah, I, I was one that um, I had a, uh, I've always had a great appreciation for the equipment that came along with racing, whether it was, you know, the pickups that pulled it, um, the trucks that pulled it, or the trailers. Um, you know, it, I guess growing up in a family that our business was around, you know, the trucking industry, um, you know, you knew that nothing happened without having equipment, nothing helped, you know, you, so you took great appreciation and great pride in your equipment. And, um, man, when I got my first trailer, yeah, I remember I used to park it in the driveway at night and I'd take it out to the shop during the day. And, um, you know, I did some pretty crazy things, but I think it's, um, like most kids that were back then with, with new toys, you know, the, some of those things, the, the newness wears off, but. Racing's one of them things where the equipment is, um, you know, you, you take a lot of appreciation in it and um, you take great pride. So it, it's something you always uh, have a great, um, you, you have a lot of heart for and you try to take care of to the best you can. Yeah, well, without the equipment, obviously, you know, you say your trailer, your pickup breaks down, you don't make it to the track, you don't get to go racing. So it's, you know, it's extremely important to keep care of all that stuff. But yeah, um, definitely. I mean, it's you do a lot of traveling, and you know, there's obviously more uh, more sides to it than than just the truck and trailer. But uh, I guess you know, growing up seeing the world of outlaws, you you realized how much those people traveled. And when you're when you're from a little town in North Dakota, and you see all these major cities and all these places these guys race, I think the one thing that that stands out the most that you think about is how they get from A to B, how they get from A to B, and Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's like, it's like traveling with your pet nowadays. You see a lot of pets traveling in cars, but, um, you know, some people are that way with their race cars. They're, they just never stop. They're always going from A to B. And I guess growing up around something that, that you don't see that every day, it was something that really kind of enamored me. It really kind of stood out. It really, um, had a, I had a great appreciation for it, still do to this day. Yeah, well, when you leave Smallville, everything changes, you know. <laughs> we live in a tiny little town, so. Um, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it was Smallville. It, it's, um, you know, still a pretty good-sized town. It's 30,000 yeah. people, but, um, you know, it's it's not it's not uh, Minneapolis. It's not uh, Chicago. It's not a oh, major no. city, but it's no. still, uh, you know, still North Dakota. It's still where I'm, yeah. where I'm from. Yeah, Up there. we're... We're from Leicester, Iowa, which is 250 people. So 30,000 is enormous to us. <laughs> so, um, Tony Stewart said once, too, in an interview or something that we watched, that you know your your mom and dad put such a great work ethic into you and all all their children, really. Um, and I, I, the work ethic has to do a lot with your success in sprint car racing, I believe. Well, uh, I guess you can look at this a hundred ways. Um, there's work ethic, and then there's, um, you know, the when you look at something, how you attack it. And, and my father was great at, you know, he pushed work ethic, but we, we didn't really, you don't, work ethic's not something you push. It's something you learn and you understand. Yep. 
And and I, I was probably, you know, one of those people that really was a late bloomer in life when it come to work ethic. Um, my, my parents were that way. They're still to that, to that way this day. But we weren't the, you know, if we didn't take into consideration all the things that they went through to get us where we were at, to be able to finance the race cars, to finance the things we did, and, and the financial side of it, we didn't take anything for granted. No. Um, you know, that's that's probably a little bit different than, than work ethic, which is what we're talking about. So, you know, I, my dad pushed me in ways that, that it, it would break most families, but that's the way he was raised, and, and that's the way he raised me. And... And I think it, it makes you a strong person. And, you know, we live in a completely different environment today where you don't see a lot of that. No. But, you know, he, he knew the time and the place uh, to do that. There was times when he knew uh, when I couldn't handle it uh, being pushed. He, there was times he knew that when it was the right time to push. And he, he did a great job with that. Um, you know, he, he wanted to make sure we understood what it took to work on those cars and that, that the the forecast of what was going to happen is, is you're never going to have the same person working on your car from the day you start till the day you finish. There's that landscape is going to change daily. Yeah. Um, and, and and you have to so you have to have the most knowledge of what's going on because you're the one that's going to benefit from it. So then we're you know there were some very key things that that were taught there from from him and. Um, you know, obviously he's passed on and my mother's still around and, and those, those values are still alive today, not only in racing, but in our businesses. So yeah, it's, um, you know, there were valuable things in life to have learned and, um, very appreciative for having learned them when we did. Yeah. We, you know, talking about your family a little bit, we, we did have, uh, Layla and Amelia on our show. They were a blast. Um, but do you. Do you see, uh, you know, spit it out, bud. I, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. <laughs> do you do you think that they can keep succeeding like they have been? Well, that's up to them. Um, you know, my job is to is to try to give them the best tools I can give them without just giving them the world. I yep. mean, um, they have a lot of opportunity. The biggest thing that they have is they've been around enough races and they've seen how I've composed myself. They've seen how I race people. Um, they've seen how their grandfather has, has tried to write them in the direction he righted me. And so they, they have a great opportunity. They love racing. I think first and foremost in any young person that you have, you know, you have to, you have to love it to want to do it. And, and they both do. Yep. And, but you can't just, you know, and my father used to call it hockey parent syndrome. And, and there's a lot of hockey parents that get upset with that. But um, in, in saying that, that means, you know, there's always that parent saying, my kid's the greatest, my kid's the greatest, but there's 30 kids on the team that are equal, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and you yeah. see a lot of that in today's environment in racing. So um, their grandfather was never like that. I'm not going to be like that. So if, if they're going to be good and they're going to be what they want it's going to be because they're going to figure out a way to put the numbers on the board it's like playing any other sport it's all about putting numbers on the board it's about putting stats on paper yep. you can tell someone 
you can tell someone you're going to do something. You can tell someone all you want, but it's not about the telling. It's in about the doing, and it's what you can put on paper. And they've seen that with what I've been through in my career. Um, they've seen the ups, the downs. They've seen, um, you know, more than anything is is I want them to have seen the bad side of it, the negative side of, of all of, of what I do, because you it's easy for everybody to just look at, Oh, man, it's like a rock star life. It's all glitz and glamour. No, it's not. No, no it's not. You know, no. There, no. There's, there's, there's a side to it that people don't see. They think that uh, money flows this way and that way, and it's endless, and everyone loves you. And you know what I mean? It, it, they, they have this uh, image of it. Well, these yep. kids have actually seen – they've seen the other side of it. So yep. I'm glad for that because if this is something they choose to do going down the road, well, clearly um, in our family we support that whatever they want to do but uh, we want them to understand that nothing's easy especially in today's environment and uh you know anytime there's good there's bad that comes with it and don't go thinking that it's just going to be because your uncle's donny shots or because of this that that success is going to happen and things are going to come easy they're going to have to uh and, and we make them work at it we may and they do they never have complained they they understand what it takes and um, they're real appreciative to me. Well, well, and like you said, you know, you're talking about the hockey parent thing with the kids, their kids being the greatest. It's still a team effort. I mean, even, you know, you're one of the best drivers out there right now, but you can't show up to the track by yourself and win and win races. I mean, you still have to have people with you. I mean, it's, it's a big team effort. Yep. It always has been. It always will be. Um, you know, it's, it's, in the, and like I said earlier, the landscape changes, yep. uh, the same people you're racing with today may not be the people you're racing with tomorrow. And, uh, and that's unfortunate to say, but, um, if you're going to continue to be in something long enough, it doesn't matter what business you're in. No, that's there's new unfortunately people all the, time. the, that's the nature of the beast. Like, like, well, you just picked up a, a new crew member partway through the year with that Dawson and he's just a local kid from the same town I live in. So. That's kind of neat for us small town people that we get, you know, we got a link to you now, you could say, and it's kind of cool for us. <laughs> yeah, Dawson does a great job. He, um, you know, he scuba's from, from Watertown, so we have, we're not far from you. No, nope, uh, nope. yeah, Dawson does a great job, and, and um, you know, he's pretty devoted and dedicated, and he, he's, the, he's the perfect fit and the perfect demeanor for our team and the group of guys that we have, and, um you know, Dawson's first week was when we were in New York, when we won at yep. uh, Wheatsport. We ran second and first. That was his first week. And then the next week was Knoxville. So I kind of was like, damn, I wonder if Dawson's a good luck charm. Or <laughs> if, uh, if Dawson just hit this just perfect. Because uh, sometimes you can get someone that, that stumbles onto those things like them weeks that that they think, holy, this is great. This is awesome. But then they then they're they're disappointed when you don't have the great finishes. So he, he's got to see it on all fronts, but he's definitely handled it well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice kid. He stood on the back of my push truck with me several times throughout the years. And, yeah, super nice kid. So, Hey, Donnie, we're going to take our first quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back at Hoagie's Garage. So from what I know, you've always been number 15. Is that true or not true? That is very true. Um, from the day I started um, racing, my number was 15. It had nothing to do with my age. It, it had uh, everything to do with um, the f- number 15's been in the family a long time. My grandfather um, 
hang on a second here. I got dogs barking. Let me make sure the door's shut. <laughs> They're happy I'm home. <laughs> there you go. That's the good and thing I, about uh, dogs. You know, it's, it was my grandfather's number when he did a little uh, horse chariot stuff. And obviously my father's number when he raced. So it was just, uh, it kind of come with just natural. You know, it was just the way it was going to work. And it's, uh, it's always been my favorite number. And had you know, not even relating to my father or my grandfather. So yeah. it's, um, I've always been pretty adamant about the cars I've driven. I think I've only driven maybe one or two cars in my life in Australia that didn't have the number 15. So, um, try to, try to make sure, you know, I represent my brand and, and, um, stick with that number. It's been uh, very important to me. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, and you kept it right, you know, you're running it now to this day and whatnot. But how, how did the, you and the whole Tony Stewart thing come about? Did Is that a process or just all of a sudden out of the blue? Or? Oh, man. Um, so in 2006, um, Rick Warner came and worked for uh, for us. He Rick Warner was a Pennsylvania guy that was it worked on sprint cars and yeah. all traveling. Um, but he went to Charlotte and he raced with Ray Everham and was a car chief, um, in the NASCAR side of things. And, you know, his background was dirt racing. His love was dirt racing. And, and, um, he wanted to get out of NASCAR land. He just, he'd been there and it wasn't his thing. And so we put a deal together in 2006 or at the end of 05, I can't remember what it was to go and he raced with us and that's when we won our first championship with the world of outlaws was in in 2006 and and um at the end of that year um rick was hired away from from my family team and uh, i can honestly say we weren't real happy about it it was something that you know we we had a great fit together um we worked well together but you know someone came along with a, a lot more money and and uh, took him away from us, so we had to we had to mosey on in 07, and I just let my guys choose. I, the guys that I had working there, I said, guys, I'm going to go to Australia. You guys go ahead and decide who you who you want to work on this car, who you want to crew chief it. I'm, I'm good with anyone. And, you know, our confidence was pretty high. We won our first championship. We won our first nationals. We won a lot of big races. We had a great year. And so, you know, we were, we were pretty confident in things, and um, we were racing against, um, Rick on a regular basis and we were beating him. And, um, I think it was sometime in May, um, we found ourselves, uh, we, we had heard that, that Rick got let go from where he was at. And, um, it happened to be when they were in Indianapolis and Jimmy Carr worked for Tony Stewart, picked Rick up and Rick hung out there for a couple of days till he could get a, get a flight back to Charlotte and go back home and decide what was next. And, I guess in that process of him being an indie um, with Jimmy and Tony and them, they, you know, they come up with this, let's start a second team. And, and so they got it all handled. And then Tony looked at Rick and said, well, who are we going to get to drive this thing? And Rick said, well, let's call Dom. So they called me and, and um, that's kind of where everything came from. So it was really kind of a, you know, there's obviously not good sides to the story, but that's kind of how it all came about. Hmm. Clearly, that was uh, 16 years ago, so we're still finding ourselves in the same spot today. 
Um, you know, Rick and I raced together for 12 years under TSR and, um, you know, he's doing different things today and, and we're doing different things today, but that's really how the whole Tony Stewart relationship came about was, was, uh, him, uh, you know, working for us and then not working for us and ended up at Tony's. Sure. Well, that's a cool story though. And, and, you know, for you to be with Tony, as long as you have been too, is in a way unusual in the racing world anymore too. Well, there's not a lot of loyalty in, in anything anymore, let alone racing. Um, you know, I've been, I, I drove my own family's car for years. Uh, I've driven for Tony for 16 years. I run J and J race cars since the year 2000 from racing with Kenny Woodruff. I mean, a lot of the components and stuff we, we use to this day are, are people that I've worked for since 2000. And so, you know, there's a, there's a, some loyalty there. Um, the one thing that I've, probably never had the, any great loyalty to is is a shop company and you know they're ever changing daily but um we've actually had the same shocks on the car the last two seasons so you could say we're building to that but <laughs> yeah um you know it's yeah I, i'm not one that, that likes a lot of change you know there's been a lot of the same faces um at tsr that entire time obviously steve swenson from watertown is has been there through all of my championships and he's, he's my crew chief today. So, yeah, we, we like building on relationships and we create them, we build them and, and just keep building on them. And, um, change isn't something anymore that we, that we, we look at as a good thing. So, uh, we're very fortunate. Well, it, it's obviously been working for you. <laughs> well, it's had its moments, you know, we've, um, we, we've had moments, obviously the last couple of years aren't, aren't uh, what we've wanted. Yeah. But um, I can tell you, we've taken great pride in the fact we've um, had an engine program. We started from the ground up with Ford and been, uh, you know, a huge step in the process the entire way. And I think after all this time, we're we're in a position where we're back to where we can race for a championship again and be competitive on all tracks, short tracks, big tracks, and in all any place we go. So um, that's pretty uh, heartwarming for sure. But um, you know, last couple of years there was times when you definitely, uh, you didn't feel good about things, but, uh, I guess anytime you, uh, you, you've been on the top of the hill, anything from there is a letdown. So yeah. it, it, that's uh, something that's really hard to, uh, to put in perspective and try to stay, um, you know, say you're okay with it because you're really not, but, um, we do our best at it each night and there's been a lot of nights that weren't the greatest, but, um, they were what they were. So yeah. it's up to us to change it. Anytime you're going to start a new engine program like that basically from scratch there's going to be ups and down times with it it's just that's just the nature of the beast you're not going to come out <laughs> yeah. with the perfect thing right away yeah well and that's you know i think that goes with anything it doesn't matter what you have you no, have to no, yep. it's the process and how you change things is what the the key you know trying to fix things and we, we have to change things on the cars we have to change things with this and that it's just you know engines a little bit more intricate part and um, it's not like you can, it's not like turning weight in a, in a corner or just in a shock when you're, when you're tuning an engine. So, um, there, there's a lot more to it and it's, it's stuff that, um, when you're racing every day, it's hard to put your hands around. So, uh, we're, we're, we're very fortunate to have great people that, that have sped that process up, but we'd have obviously liked to have sped it up a lot more than it was, but, sure. um, we're, we're looking on the good side of it. So pretty excited about that. Absolutely. Um, is, is there a, is there a track that you haven't won at yet, Donnie, that you really want to win at? 
Oh, man. Um, I'm going to sit here and tell you, honestly, if there's a track I haven't won at, I don't care if I don't win. I'm not joking. <laughs> um, yeah, there's tracks I haven't won at. You know, Hobson, Indiana is one of them. Um, we've been going there forever. And and it's just, it's a little dinky track. The guy puts so much pride and effort into it, but it it's almost like he, I, you got to be completely out of control to, to do anything there. And I just can't put my arms around that. So if I do... Um, win there someday it'll probably be because the top 10 crashed and i was running 11th but, <laughs> um i guess there's there's wishful thinking and everything um, yep. you know there's people that aren't, aren't going to succeed at everything i'm not gonna there, there's racetracks i'm not gonna win at it i'm almost positive of that and it's not something i lose sleep over but um maybe someday when i'm older and and uh you know you do have have something like that happen you probably take a lot more pride in it because you did have to wait a long period of time to make it happen yep. yeah um so is it on the other side of that is there a, a race or a championship that's meant more to you than any any of the others the first time you do something i think is when you get the greatest sense of satisfaction and in, in completion um my first championship um, yeah, I'll never forget it. My first Knoxville nationals, my first national open, my first Kings Royal. you know, they're, they're all things that just, you don't even have to look in the back of your mind. They're just sitting there right out in the open. Yep. And, um, you know, because it, some of those things are, you, you don't think of winning them multiple times before you think of winning them the first time. And, you know, it's those doing everything the first time is great. Anything after that is gravy. Um, I've I've been very fortunate to win multiple races, championships. Um, they're, they're all great. Um, some stand out more than others. You know, obviously the year at the Nationals where we we were in the B main. Um, you know, it, th- those things. Uh, the, the, what it took to get there, you, you might appreciate it a little bit more. But there's no question. The first time you do something yeah. is yeah. always the most gratifying. It's the one you remember the most, it seems like. Anything, whether it's racing or just life in general, the first time is always something. Absolutely. Um, before we get to our speed questions, um, what? how long do you plan on doing this, Donnie? I mean, you going to do know. it until you know, it's I, not fun anymore? Or what's, what's no, I, the... I can honestly, we can't go on the it's not fun anymore thing because there's a lot of days it's not fun. There's a lot of bullshit you got to deal with in this sport anymore on the political side of things. And then pardon me for swearing, but that's just the reality of it. Some of that takes the fun out of it. But, you know, um, in, in a realistic world, in today's environment, you can't sit here and say, oh, I'm going to be around for 10 years. I'm going to be around for 15 years. You just can't do it. No. I'm, I'm, I'm at this day in... in what's going on i'm telling you that i can commit to two years right now i can't look past two years hell i can't it, it'd be hard for me to for anyone right now no matter how old or young they are to commit past two years so i'm yep. um i'm telling you I, i'm pretty full in for two more years and, and when we get to that two-year mark from now i'm gonna reanalyze and say well uh well look maybe i got more in me i kind of hoped sure. i could race till i was 55 and be competitive but you know, there's a lot of other aspects of life that, that take a lot of my time that, that I really enjoy. Yep. And, um, I, you know, we'll just see what happens. But, um, you know, I'm all in for, for two years, and 
and that, when that time's up, we'll, we'll reevaluate. Maybe I'll be ready to go some more, but it's it's hard to say. That's a, yeah. that's an impossible question to answer. Yeah, yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, but there's more to life than just racing. So you got you know that's all stuff you got to look at when you get to that point. It, maybe maybe you'll keep going like Chuck McGilvery. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm going to make it to Chuck's age. <laughs> He's dedicated. There's no question about it. I've seen him racing for a long time. He was racing when I started, so I know how long he's been going. Been, but, um, long no, as I, I can remember, think, I, I don't think you're going to see me going that long. Long as I can remember going to Houston, Chuck's been there. So, all right. But we'll get to them speed questions once, Donnie, because we know you got to go. So we'll try and wrap this up for you. Um, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh, vanilla. Um, cat or a dog person, but I think I know the answer. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> so with all your racing, do you have any other hobbies? Well, I have uh, all kinds of hobbies, but, um, you know, I'm just, honestly, I'm just kind of enjoying uh, everyday life right now in the winter. All right. Yep. That's good. Do you have a favorite movie? I'm a James Bond lover. Oh, there good movies. Go. I've watched most all of them. Um, yeah, you a snow or a rain person? Snow. Um, going back to Bond, do you by chance have a favorite one? You know, I don't have a favorite one. I even if you ask me which Bond was the best, I'd, I'd have a hard time with that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's tough. Okay, uh, where was I at? Okay, um, if <laughs> getting you, off track, though. Yeah, well, we do that once in a while. We're not too organized. Um, if you're going to be stranded on an island, what album or type of music would you have to take along to listen to and i could do without music if i was stranded on an island i'd be okay yeah that there works you go. um do you have a favorite place to go out to eat with all your traveling um or nah, something at home really. just a sides bar and grill that's where we eat when we're out that works racing. sometimes that's the best burger you can find <laughs> yeah quesadillas there you go um do you have a favorite holiday uh, Thanksgiving's probably my favorite holiday. You bet. Um, what app on your phone do you use the most? What app do I use? Yep. Uh, the weather app. Okay. Um, how many speeding tickets have you had in your lifetime? Zero. 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 That, that's yeah, that's ticketless. I'm ticketless. I can't even say that. <laughs> so with that being said, though, what's the fastest you've ever driven on the highway? Uh, we probably better leave that. <laughs> we better let that one I'd probably be in jail. Oh, <laughs> well, that's all right. We, we've had some pretty high numbers over there. Let's just say that I wasn't driving. I was a passenger, and uh, the guy I was riding with, um, they don't pull him over because apparently in NASCAR you don't get pulled over. There you <laughs> go. There you go. We, we, we just had Guy Forbrook on, and he said he was going 172 as a passenger in a Porsche. So he's full of shit. No, <laughs> That's what he told us. <laughs> Forbrick's never been known to stretch the truth. <laughs> uh, oh. What's your, what's your favorite drink? My favorite drink. Um, you alcoholic drink, anything, whatever your favorite one is pop, oh. beer, water. We don't care. Oh, I, I'm kind of a, uh, crown Royal guy. There that works. Go. That works. A little crown in my Pepsi once in a while doesn't hurt my feelings. Yep. Um, And if money was not an issue for you and you won that $2 billion Powerball that just went out, 
What vehicle, car, truck, whatever, what would you buy if you had all the money to spend on it? You know, I drive exactly what I drive today. I drive a Ford Raptor. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Well, Donnie, thanks so much for coming on our podcast. I mean, we're a bunch of nobodies, and you're the best there is. And that, I think that just shows what kind of guy you are. So we really appreciate it. Well, guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Well, best of luck next year, and we'll see you at Houston's. Thanks, guys. Have All a good right. night. We'll Bye-bye. I'd like to thank Octane Inc. from T, South Dakota. They pretty much do a little bit of everything. They are known for their wraps. They wrap golf carts, uh, snowmobiles, um, trailers, sprint cars, hobby stocks. It doesn't matter. Uh, side by sides, they wrap it. Uh, they also do coolers and they will also do clothing. You can have t-shirts made there. Um, you name it, these guys can do it. I work with Brett uh, Vanderbrink all the time. He is amazing, and I can't thank him enough for how much he helps me. And if I were you guys, I would definitely check out Octane Inc. You can contact them by calling 605-213-8343. It is 800 East Prescott in T, South Dakota. And again, they're just great people to work with. And we're back. That was fun, bud. You know, it, it's you get nervous for a podcast, and then once you start talking, you find out, you know what? He, he's very similar to us. Just, I mean, don't a, get me wrong. He's the best there is at what he does. But he still puts but his helmet on just like everybody else would talk to. But he was a super nice guy. Down yeah. to earth. I mean, before and during breaks. I mean, he talked to us. He was, I mean, what a great guy. Yeah, he was a little limited on time. He had more to do after us. So Well, which you can imagine. Well, uh, you know, I mean, we got a half hour. I'm super I'm pumped about that. I was tickled uh, to death. And he, he told us we could go along. I mean, yeah. but he said we, he'd make, I can't remember the guy's name, but he likes to make him wait. But. <laughs> yeah. But, and that's the last thing we wanted to do. We got yeah. 30 minutes. I'm tickled to death and yep. we could have gone longer, but Hey, it's, it's what it is. <laughs> we had so, Donnie shots on our we podcast. We had Donnie shots on our podcast. So, you know, you go the best there is and we're way down here on that totem pole. Uh, kind of yeah. like earlier the night, Guy Forbrick was telling us oh, what yeah, he's been on. The different We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Guy, this is way lower. Yeah, yeah. he was doing the <laughs> world outlaw thing, that red uh, flag. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. But anyways, man, great night. Found out a lot of great stuff tonight. I yep. mean, three different podcasts. They were all awesome. Um, yeah, fans. Yeah. Uh, what a great, what a great night. Yeah, I, I hope you all enjoyed them as much as we did. 